The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Ross, we're about to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, May 18th, currently 11.15 on the East Coast. Here to talk some player props for Game 1 in the Eastern Conference Finals. Sorry, Western Conference Finals tonight between the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. And joining me as usual on Wednesdays to break down these player props. It's a man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN as well as one of the co-hosts for the WNBA Gambling Podcast. My main man, Scott Reichel. Scott, how you doing, my man? Yeah, doing pretty well. Ended up hitting the dog yesterday from the NBA Gambling Podcast. Yep. They had us in the first half, not going to lie. But then the <laughs> Heat ended up really rallying the troops for the third quarter, carried over into the fourth. Jimmy Butler, really, really good at basketball, in case nobody realized, but I'm sure everyone's realized by now. Yep. And besides that, once again, I'm not surprised Miami won the game, but I still think Boston is going to make this a very interesting series. It should go six or seven, but I treated yesterday's game one as a must-win game for Miami because of the significant spot advantage. Sure. And plus, once Horford and Smart got ruled out, it really turned into a must-win yeah. because they were basically handed a game on a platter. And it took them a little while, but they eventually took it. So happy with how that series started. Now we start out with the Western Conference. Looking forward to breaking it down. Yeah, well, uh, great night for the NBA pod last night as far as us picking Miami. Uh, I know we went 3-3 three and three overall in the picks, but um, you hit your dog. Uh, and then both Terrell and I had the um, Miami Heat as our locks uh, on the spread as well. So a good start there for the Eastern Conference Finals there. Miami takes a 1-0 lead, and you're right. Uh, it was really a slow start for um, the Miami Heat, but Boston was shooting real well in that first half. I think they were out to like – 59%. So, you know, that regression was going to come in that second half. And maybe at that point, um, the tired legs maybe would have caught up to them uh, coming off of that game seven. But yeah, third quarter was a story where Miami outscored him 39 to 14. Boston made it a little interesting in the fourth quarter, but eventually Jimmy Butler, Gabe Vincent, uh, those guys were absolutely fantastic for uh, the Miami Heat. And, you know, I tweeted this out last night. I think you probably agree with me. And I don't think it's a hot take. I think Jimmy Butler has been the best player in the postseason so far. Yeah, we've had this conversation before. The yeah. one pushback I had was Giannis. Yeah. But of course, now that Giannis is out, you kind of have to look to Butler. I made this case on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. Jimmy Butler might be the only player in league history to be a top 10 player and still be underrated. Sure. And yeah. I still think he's extremely underrated. He's top 10. He's not 10. He's not nine. He's not eight. I think he's definitely top seven. And the truth is people keep talking about how Tatum is a potential top four, top five guy. Are we sure he's better than Jimmy Butler? Because I'm not even sure he's better than Jimmy Butler. I love Tatum, and I also overreacted with the round one series because of how just he outplayed 
Durant at every single corner and defensively how great he looked. And even against Milwaukee, he had the phenomenal game six performance where he won them a road game and everything like that. But I still think Jimmy Butler is a better player. Do you agree with that? Um, I, I think right now, Jimmy Butler, if, are we talking about like overall player? Or are we talking about playoffs? I'm just saying overall right now, if you were talking about top 10 players, what you can interpret it any way you want, maybe okay. which player you'd rather have, which player you think is just better, which player you even trust more. I think uh, Jimmy Butler in a playoff yeah. series is more reliable than yeah. Jason Tatum in a playoff series. I'll agree with that. Um, and again, we got to keep in mind too, like Jason Tatum, still only what? 23 years old, 24, he's been years 19 old? years old for the last 10 yeah, years. So I mean, again, a lot of time. And it's crazy to think that he still has another couple steps probably still to take in his career, which is very, very scary. And we know he is going to be a superstar in this league. I mean, he is on that trajectory. Some people think he already is. I'm not going to argue against that, but I think you're right about Jimmy Butler is that Jimmy Butler, Playoff Jimmy Butler has been absolutely unbelievable. I mean, the commitment that he has both on offensive, defensive, and so far for the Miami Heat. I'm just hoping at least in this series that somebody else steps up for Miami Heat outside of what Jimmy Butler has been able to do. And I'm not saying it's going to be a wasted effort for what Jimmy is doing, but he does need some help on the offensive side of the basketball. I mean, you can't expect him to go out and score 35, 40 plus points a night for you mm-hmm. but i think you'll probably get that this series maybe tyler hero if he's able to knock down some shots gabe vincent was good last night as well for them uh, we talked about kyle lowry if he's going to be effective or not and right now they're playing better without kyle lowry who's dealing with the hamstring injury but we'll, we'll see what happens with that but yeah the uh, kind of talking about like you know i'm sorry already talking about jimmy butler I, yeah we i think we both agree that he's been the best player in the postseason so far and overall in the nba as well and it's and it's underrated, right? Just because he sometimes he's he's he misses games because of injuries. But when Jimmy Butler is healthy and playing as he is right now, he's easily a top 10, top seven player in the league. And I think that we may get some pushback on that, but we're seeing it in front of our eyes right now, Scott. Well, based on his performance in the playoffs, you can realistically argue top five. He's been sure, yeah, yeah in the playoffs. But of course, after last year, when his team got swept by Milwaukee, and he, in particular, was awful. It is nice to see him kind of take it personally and respond quite nicely by having the best playoffs he's ever had. But as a reminder, he also had a 40-point triple-double in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy Butler has, for the most part, always been a big-time player in big-time yes. games. And last year, where he was awful, seemed to be the anomaly. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And... Um... You know, like we said, when healthy, Jimmy Butler, absolutely fantastic. But you have any other takeaways from uh, game one right now? Maybe from, uh, or sorry, from game one from the Eastern Conference Finals right now from a player performance standpoint? Um, maybe what's something you're looking at going forward? I know Boston is dealing with uh, Al Horford being in health and safety protocols and the question mark of um, Marcus Smart with the foot sprain. But anything else that maybe stood out for you last night? I think the main thing that stood out to me was how good Robert Williams looked despite not playing for like the past week and a half. Sure. Because yeah. Williams came in and he was fantastic in the first quarter. Now, stamina was a concern. And you could yeah. tell early on he was gassed out very quickly. But you look at the overall stats and the fact that realistically, Tice was okay. We know Tice isn't exactly a great player, but he kind of got torched in the back half of that game. Yeah. Assuming that Horford is able to come back for game two or game three or anything along those lines, Williams has to play a bunch, right? Because he seemed to be 
the most impactful defensive player on the court last night for yeah. the Celtics. I think overall, it's either Butler's five steals or Adebayo's blocks. But for Boston, Robert Williams did look like the best overall just all-around player because Tatum was great offensively for a half. Yeah, Defensively, he really didn't do much in the entire game, and he went one for seven in the second half. But when Williams was on the court, he was a problem. So I would probably look at his props moving forward because if you want to talk about what the coaching staff can build upon, I think it's just Williams getting more conditioning under his belt and him playing more minutes because Miami had a serious problem containing him. Yeah, and again, if you went into the box score last night, looking at the team stats, uh, Boston was actually plus eight uh, inside, uh, sorry, points in the paint last night uh, in game one. So, was he um, the only plus minus guy on Boston? Was it to my Robert Williams? I think he was the only plus minus guy on the Celtics last night. Let me see here. I have the box score right in front of me. Um, for Boston, uh, yeah, you had plus five for Robert Williams. I was saying, I think everybody else was negative. Everybody else was only zero was or even okay. was uh, Aaron Neesmith. But yeah, you're right. He was only plus minus. So I plus. expect to see a lot more Robert Williams, assuming his conditioning permits it. Yeah, Daniel Tice minus 16 last night. Um, Can as- you gamble with two big men? Can you use Horford at the power forward again? Or are you so invested in Horford at the center spot based on what happened last year that you think that's your best lineup? I think that if they win and do they, I'm sorry, win and if they do get um, Al Horford back, assuming I think it's going to be game three uh, back in Boston, I think you can because Horford gives you more offensively. Like he can knock down those mid range jump shots, he can knock down that three point shine as well. Robert Williams last night, he did have two blocks last night for the um, Boston Celtics, and also he can rebound the basketball as well. So I think you can go with that, you know, that, that two big man lineup. Um, and I, I felt like at least in that first half last night that the uh, Boston Celtics front core was really dominating and getting those easy baskets um, for around the basket with their big men, in particular, Robert Williams, like you mentioned, finished up with 18 points and nine rebounds last night. I think you can go two big men, mostly because of the fact that PJ Tucker just stands in the corner the entire time. Yeah. So if you actually want to avoid getting torched and the fact that Robert Williams and Horford are both good on switches. Mm-hmm. They actually are versatile and they can guard on the perimeter. I do think you can use both because one of them can just stand next to PJ Tucker and help out if needed. Yeah, I agree. Uh, anything else that to that before we get to our player props for tonight? Not really. I feel like you touched upon it in the podcast. The Celtics will go as far as Jalen Brown takes them. Yeah. And he was awful for about three quarters or he mm-hmm. wasn't awful, but I'd say he wasn't very good. Tatum, of course, was nuts in the first half. Uh, It seemed like Miami went out of its way to just put Pritchard in the torture chamber defensively because Pritchard got absolutely cooked for the entire second half. But when it comes down to the 22-2 run to start the third quarter, Miami came out with energy. They were physical, and we saw that be the issue in the bubble a couple years ago. The Celtics, when they faced Miami's physicality, seemed to blink. Mm-hmm. And it seems like even though they went through seven games against Milwaukee's physicality, Miami might be a little bit above and beyond. Can we say that? Yeah, I think so. And I'm again, I'm going to sound biased all throughout these series because I, I do have those future tickets. But um, I, I like Boston to win the series. But with yeah. the COVID stuff with Horford, it's mm-hmm. definitely a bit dicier than I thought it was going in. Do you think uh, game two is a must win for Miami? Must win? No, I thought game one was must win because of that of the fact that it should be Boston's worst game okay. because of the scheduling spot game two. If Horford is out and smart is 50% or if he doesn't play either, I think you can argue. Yes, 
because Boston with the injury reports basically handing over games and you got to take advantage of it. But do I think it's a must win? I think Miami is capable of winning a game in Boston. Okay. So you can make a case if they go up to nothing, there is a decent chance Miami might be up three, nothing or three, one, because I do think they can steal a game in the garden. Yeah. So what I call it a must win, not as much as game one, but I think it's very important. All right. You? Um, Yeah. I think that, Game one was the spot. Yeah, game one. Like, I was very nervous in that first quarter, in that first half before they did come back in that second half uh, and then get the victory. I still think that, if again, if Marcus Smart and Al Horford are going to be out again, there's no reason why Miami shouldn't win game two again. You got handed a free bet of $1,000. You got yeah. to make sure you cash you that. cash in. Know? Yeah. So, and again, you take a 2-0 lead, it's going to be very difficult then for uh, the um, – Boston Celtics have went four out of five games now against his Miami Heat team and defense. So, and I think there's still going to be another player. Now we don't still don't know who outside of Jimmy Butler that's just going to have a a thirty random thirty point game that's going to you know get him that that another victory in this. Well, season. Hero's the best guess. Right? Yeah, yeah, and I think last night he he looked pretty good uh, for them. He did finish up with eighteen points, but I'm still looking for a guy. It's going to have to be Tyler Hero, where he's going to have to have a game of twenty or twenty five points to kind of take that scoring pressure off of Jimmy Butler. You're but- hoping him. Oladipo and Struess. You said the 25 or 30 might not even need that. You just need those three guys with Vincent. Yeah. So those four guys to probably combine for what, like 50, 55 points, something like that. That's yeah, probably so, good enough. Yeah. So Vincent last night, 17, Struess had 11, and then Hero had 18, though. So that's what Vincent was great. 46. Yeah, he was absolutely fantastic. And Struess uh, was bad, but he had a couple of big shots in the fourth quarter. Mm hmm. Uh, plus 25 last night for Jimmy Butler. Next guy was Gabe Vincent at plus uh, plus 23 for the Miami Heat. All right, let's put a uh, lid on that, uh, Scott. We'll take a quick break here. We'll come back and then we'll dive into our player props here for game one in the Western Conference Finals. We're brought to you by WinBet. Make sure to get down on Win's $50 Win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, a WinBet casino is offering 100 deposit bonus up to $1,000. And also, win a golf trip to win in Las Vegas for the PGA Championship if you bet $100 or more on golf this week and be entered to win a golf trip to win Las Vegas for a golf trip. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can make money on Sleeper too by playing their new over or under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like, pick over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and we can play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can play and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download now on their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. 
on your mobile device. Join our listeners group as well on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP and Sleeper will automatically match your deposit, your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad and get 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP by using promo code SGPNBA. So go to sleeper.com slash SGPNBA to get your first match up to $100 for your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, coming off of the break here, let's get into our player props for game one of the Western Conference Finals, tipping off tonight. Uh, Scott, I'll give you the floor first here, bud. Uh, First player prop for tonight, what do you got? I'm going to go back to all reliable. I'm going to take Luka over nine and a half rebounds at around minus 118. He's recorded at least 10 rebounds in seven of the first 10 playoff games. And on top, because of course he missed the first couple of games in the Utah series. And on top of that, assuming this game will be somewhat close, Luka better play 40 plus minutes because we saw him have a light workload against Phoenix, Mm -hmm. mostly because every home game was over at halftime. So he kind of was able to coast a little bit in the second half when they were up 20 in the fourth quarter. But assuming this game should be close, I'm expecting Luka to play a bunch of minutes because when he's off the court, I'm assuming Golden State will do pretty well. So if Luka's going to play that many minutes and Dallas loves to go small and Luka's been their re- best rebounder by far, nine halves too low. I think he'll probably go for 11 rebounds in this game. Yeah, I think this is going to be another one of those series where, you know, I, I think both teams, I know they have Kevon Looney on the Warriors side, but I think the rebounds... Looney should gonna, barely be on the floor in this yeah. series. Especially, yeah, because they're going to uh, uh, exploit that pick and roll with uh, him trying to cover Luka, which good luck with that. But, yeah, you're right. I, I do like this um, uh, Luka rebounding prop here. I think that he should easily get into double figures um, all throughout the series, honestly. And I think that if the market is going to continue to misprice it at, at 9.5 for Luka, I definitely like the over 9.5. Um, for my first player prop, I mentioned this on the NBA pod uh, this morning, and then we also kind of talked about it offline. And I'm kind of waiting for that three and a half on this prop, but it's going to be Draymond Green's turnovers to go over two and a half. It is right now at minus 185. So maybe wait close to the game time as maybe more steam comes in on this um, to get it at three and a half at a little bit of less juice, uh, maybe even even odds on this. But Draymond Green has, um, let's say he's been turning the ball over. Right? There's no better way to put it, right? Going back to the Memphis series, he had at least four turnovers in four out of the six games against the Memphis Grizzlies. And, you know, Terrell was also good to point this out and kind of was my handicap is that a lot of times in this offense where it's a lot of cutting or guys coming off of, you know, picks and, and getting that dribble handoff, there's a lot of confusion there sometimes and and guys don't make that cut in. Draymond Green makes a pass and it goes out of bounds. It's a turnover. Or even when they're kind of getting out on fast breaks, um, you know, they, they kind of get ahead of themselves and make an errant pass. Usually it is Draymond Green because he is the one who's facilitating the offense for the Golden State Warriors. And you have guys like Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Steph Curry coming off of those picks or making those cuts. And a lot of times those um, either those passes are deflected or stolen or they just go out of bounds. And, you know, he's been pretty consistent, at least turning the ball over, like I mentioned. But even in the three matchups, or sorry, the four matchups during the regular season against the uh, Dallas Mavericks, he had uh, games of five turnovers, six turnovers, seven turnovers, and then the one game he only had one. But I think that's probably still going to continue. We we were talking about this offline, Scott, that we're probably still expecting this Golden State Warriors team to have 
15 plus 16 plus turnovers in a game and, and still find a way to win, win the game. But I feel like the Draymond is still going to continue to have these turnovers uh, in game one, or at least throughout the series. So I'm going to wait for that three and a half. If it doesn't, I'm willing to lay that juice at two and a half for Draymond. Well, it also goes back to the point I made about Luca, which is the fact that since Dallas loves to go small, Draymond's going to need to play basically 38 minutes a game because yeah. when we're talking about how golden state's going to try to guard Luca, the main thing you can't have on the court's an actual center mm-hmm. because they're going to get cooked. So Draymond should be the de facto center, A to close and B for the majority of the game. So yeah, I do think that Draymond should be on the court a lot. And we've seen him be pretty reckless with the basketball. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's get over to your next player prop. Scott, what do you got? So the second one, I'm going to go with one of the most underrated players on Dallas. It's going to be Spencer Dimwitty. And his player prop is at 11 and a half. And I think it's too low. It's at around minus 125. I still like it. He scored at least 17 points in each of the two regular season meetings against Golden State. And he has scored at least 15 points in each of the last two games, including the 30 piece in game seven. Mm-hmm. The way that I see it is that Dimwitty was awful for the majority of the well, second round for the most part, but it seemed like he finally got his groove. And the fact that Golden State's bench, I'm still not fully sold on. And the fact that Dimwitty is the main ball handler when they bring in the bench unit, I do think he should have a lot of opportunities. We talk about how the Warriors don't really have anybody in the starting unit who can guard Luka. Who on Golden State's bench unit can actually guard Dimwitty? Uh, on their bench, on nobody. Like, what do you do? Nobody. That's what I'm saying. Because Dimwitty, of course, is uh, basically a six-foot, what is he, six-six, six-seven point guard? Yeah. I think he should have the height. We've seen him get downhill. He gets to the line a lot. I think this number's too low. I don't think it's going to be an easy, easy winner, but I do think Dinwiddie will finish with around 15. I'll take the over. Yeah, I, I agree that, um, or I should say that I think this is a going to have to be a series where they're going to have to get some type of contribution first. And Sir Dinwiddie, um, you know, we talk a lot about the all-star players and superstar players. You know, we talked about Jimmy Butler. We talked about Giannis. That somebody else kind of has to step up um, and, and really help on the offensive side of the basketball because, you know, they're probably going to try to wear you out on defense, right? We saw what the Golden State Warriors did with Nikola Jokic in the first round and try to, you know, exploit his lack of defense. But I think Spencer Dinwiddie is, I think, is really the key for this for this Dallas Mavericks team if they want to win this series. Uh, and you, you just explained it that in the last game against Phoenix where he did have 30, what, 30, 31 points, and he did that in the previous game as well. Those are the type of performances that you're going to need. And I think this is going to be a big series for And I think that the matchups, like you just said, with nobody really going to be able to guard him off the bench for the Golden State Warriors is going to be key. And I think that, again, Spencer Dinwiddie is going to be that X factor for Dallas. And I think he should have a good series if they want to have a chance to even get to the NBA Finals and beat this Golden State Warriors team. So. Well, he killed him like in the regular season. So that yeah. goes back to my point. I just don't think that Golden State has a guard with his length off the bench right. that can stay with him because you're looking mm-hmm. at who's in the bench unit, maybe Kaminga, but we've seen defensively he's a mixed bag, let's put it that way. Yeah. And Poole's not a good defensive player. Mm-hmm. So if you want to talk about how Dallas might force a bunch of switches defensively with Luka, why would they not do the same thing with Dimwitty in the second unit? Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, it's definitely Looney's in the second. You, Looney might be in the second unit too, potentially. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you think he gets the start, or do they go the, deploy the de- death lineup? I think Looney's going to get the start. Mm-hmm. He'll 
play a, an Andre Drummond seven, eight minutes, mm-hmm. and then maybe at some point third quarter potentially. But you mentioned the idea of potentially going death line up to start. That's a possibility too. But you can go down the line, have fun trying to switch Bielixa onto Dimwitty. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I agree 100%. Um, for my next player problem, I'm going to go with uh, another player from Golden State, and that's going to be Andrew Wiggins. There's a couple of ways I wanted to uh, take a look at this. Maybe I'll take it both ways. And it, 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 it hurts me when they're, they're very heavily juiced because some of these books just move the juice. They don't move the number, but you already said 185 on Draymond turnovers. You're in too deep yeah. already. Just, yeah. just get it over with. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go with Andrew Wiggins rebounds here tonight at five and a half. It's at minus 145, but definitely shop around. I do see a minus 135 over on win bet, but um, you know, we talked about right now with Kimon Looney, not probably going to be seeing a lot of minutes because of the defensive matchups in this game. But if you kind of take a look at what Andrew Wiggins has done in the playoffs here from a rebounding perspective, going back to round one, he had at least six rebounds in four of the five games against the Denver Nuggets last series against the Memphis Grizzlies. He had uh, two games where he had double digit rebounds. And then the first two games of that series, he had eight rebounds and nine rebounds. So four out of the six he got the uh, over five and a half there. So at minus one thirty-five, again, we know with with Andrew Wiggins, he's been a pretty good rebounder, especially being on this Golden State Warriors team. That really doesn't have that traditional big man because they use so many different lineups. And again, we talked about that if they do deploy the you know the death lineup, I think that the primary rebounder is going to be the Draymond or Andrew Wiggins, and asking him to get six. Um, where he's done it pretty consistently throughout the playoffs here so far. I, I like this number for Andrew Wiggins uh, to get over five and a half rebounds, Scott. Yeah, and we've seen Wiggins, especially in the Memphis series, be an absolute menace on the offensive glass. So if you want to talk about guys stepping up to embrace their role, mm-hmm. Wiggins has become a lot more of a glue guy than I feel like a lot of people thought he was going to be. Even if he did, you had the question if he would be able to embrace the role of being a... I'd say a guy who is a scoring secondary type player yeah. where, he, of course, with Minnesota, he was a score first, shoot the ball a bunch, inefficient mid-range jump shooter. But with Golden State, he has embraced the little things. He's a good rebounder. He guards the best player on the other team. It seems like he's really embraced his role as a solid 3 and D player. Yeah. And he's been great on the glass. So I agree with you. Yeah, and then one more I'm seeing for Andrew Wiggins. I'll throw out a, a little bonus one for Wiggins. Um, his points prop as well is right now listed at 15.5 at minus 105 uh, over on win bet. Um, he's had at least 16 points or more in, um, let's see here, five out of the six games against Memphis. And then also going back uh, during the regular season, he had games of 17, 18, and 17. So maybe a little bit of value uh, or at least – I'm sorry, my point or point and a half with uh, Andrew Wiggins on his points prop as well. And like you just mentioned that he's embraced of doing the little things and knocking down, you know, those quarter jump shots, uh, the three point shot as well for Andrew Wiggins. So that might be another look I want to look at for Andrew Wiggins here tonight. Um, Next player prop, Scott, what do you got? So for this one, we're going to go with a player we've been talking about, but we never actually mentioned a prop with him. It's going to be Kavon Looney. Mr. Game 6, Mr. Dennis Rodman Jr. And I'm going to take him under 5.5 points at around minus 135. I know that Looney was on the court a lot in Game 6, and you can be distracted by the 22 rebounds, but the number right next to it, 
four. It's the number of points he scored because he really doesn't have any offensive talent. And we talked about how Luke is going to go matchup hunting for opposing centers. Looney should not be on the floor. And you can make an argument that he'll play 15 minutes, maybe 20, if Golden State in game one wants to see how much success they're going to have with him on the court. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be much. Because I can guarantee you he's going to get switched on to Luka every possession. Golden State and Dallas are really going to have a who-can-play-better-small-ball type of battle for seven games. And Looney does not fit that equation. I think Looney will play around 15 minutes. I think he'll record maybe eight, nine rebounds. But you know he's never going to shoot unless he's wide open, and he's also a terrible free-throw shooter. So if you're going to give me five-and-a-half for a guy who might only attempt two shots in the entire game – I'm going to take the under. Yeah, and and, uh, to your point, we don't like we don't expect him to play a lot of minutes. Like we expect him to start the game, but this is going to be a series of adjustments, right? And like you just said, like small ball is going to be the big thing here because again, Dallas doesn't have that traditional big man, Um, and really, neither does Golden State. Yeah, you could argue that Looney is, but what's Looney six nine? Yeah, if that, and I, I, I just don't think that again, it's going to be a series where it's going to be small ball. Um, for both of these teams, and I'm quickly trying to see how tall he is because now I'm kind of intrigued. Uh, he is six, he's six and nine, according to ESPN. But it goes back to, my, to the Adams point in, in the first series against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You play him a little bit in game one, he gets torched, and you realize why bother. And I'm sure Golden State realizes based on watching the film of Eaton and Gobert getting absolutely toasted every time that Luca was switched, you know, they were switched on to Luca. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to take that long for Steve Kerr to realize Looney can't play. Now, right. Mike Brown might have let him play 35 minutes, but Brown's now the assistant coach again. So I'm hoping Kerr realizes that Looney should not be on the court. And as a result, I'll take the guy who's there for rebounding only with a limited amount of playing time. I'll take him under five and a half points. Yeah, I, I do like that, man. That's a, that's a great call there. Um, for my last player prop, I was looking to see, and he is playing here tonight, um, for Otto Porter Jr. And he's been really good filling up the stat sheet as far as a box and steals perspective. You can actually Uh, find props on Porter Jr. Yeah, they're listed. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of impressed. I figured that was in the weed. I figured that was all the way in the weeds. I didn't think you'd actually find a prop on Otto Porter. <laughs> yeah, Otto Porter uh, steals and blocks combined right now. Over one and a half is at plus money at plus 145. Um, I, I think that, again, we talk about the small ball and kind of stretching out the four here. I know he's coming off the injury, but he, they said that he should be able to go and it was just listed probable, which just means he is going to go. But Going back to the Memphis series in the four games that he did play, he did have at least two uh, either steals and blocks combined in four in all four. Sorry, three out of the four games that he played significant minutes. And I know he left game five with that injury um, and he only played 12 minutes, but three out of the four, he got over that one and a half projection. Um, didn't play significant minutes in Dallas, sorry, against Denver. He was around that 22, 24 mark, but he did have two games where he had at least uh, a, combi- a combi- combination, I'm sorry, of over one and a half blocks and steals. And I think this might be a game where I think they might go under the total where I feel like the defense might be a little, um, how do I say this? I think the more, the defensive intensity will probably be up in the second half. I think it'll be similar to what we saw in the first half of last night in Miami and Boston, where they're kind of feeling each other out 
They're getting up and down the floor, putting up points. Um, but I think Otto Porter Jr. is, especially at plus money at over one and a half, I do like that um, for him. And I think that he's he's going to be a key guy, whether it's in the starting lineup or off the bench for Steve Kress. Crazy as that may sound to rely on Otto Porter Jr. But I think at least defensively, he with his length, I think that he can match up with some of the guys on the Dallas Mavericks uh, um, offensive side of the basketball. But I'm going to go Otto Porter Jr. there over one and a half at plus 145, Scott. Well, we're I know you're not of- a fan. Well, no, I'm not a fan of him as an overall player, but he has looked pretty good in Golden State. And for a team like Dallas that loves to go small, you need wings that can switch. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I do think this is a good series for Otto Porter defensively because Golden State's going to need him. And you can talk about who's going to guard Luka, what's the game plan there. You can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. But the point is, is that with Gary Payton being out because of the fact that he was Golden State's best perimeter defender, right? I'm assuming he would have been the one trying to guard Luca, right? Um, he gives up a lot of, you know, size, yeah, yeah. It would still. have been either him or I think Andrew Wiggins. But you're hoping for the active hands on for Payton. Maybe he can make life uncomfortable yeah. for Luca. Would that not be in the case? The main thing you can try to do is limit the amount of complete. I'd say negative switches for your defense. Yeah. And I think Porter can avoid getting embarrassed by Luca. So I do think that he will most likely be on the court a decent amount. The real move in the death lineup is trying to see if Curry and Dash or Poole get killed by Doncic, which they probably should. But Porter being on the court at least gives you another guy who is not a total liability as a wing defender. Yeah. I agree 100%. So, again, I think that those role players, especially now the chance to advance to the NBA Finals, this is, this is a time for both teams and actually all four teams to really step up and, and, and you know punch that ticket into the NBA Finals. Scott, let's take one last break here, bud. We'll come back. We'll identify best bets, and then we'll wrap it up with some final thoughts here on the PropCast. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're also brought to you by IPVanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISV, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location would, will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish online on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, your tablets, your phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. 
IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting 9 months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com and use promotional code SGP. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code set promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. All right, coming off of the break, let's get into best bets for our player prop bets for game one of the Western Conference Finals. Scott, give you the floor first here for your best bet. So I'm going to go back to the first one, all reliable, going with Luka over nine and a half rebounds. Uh, You're looking at the overall numbers in the postseason. He's once again had at least 10 rebounds in seven of his first 10 playoff games. So he's been walking into basically a double-double every game. Mm -hmm. He also should play a bunch of minutes, assuming Golden State does not blow it open. But the way that I see it, Luka should end up being one of the main guys in the paint trying to get rebounds. And I do believe that with Golden State most likely going small as well, Mm -hmm. you should not see Looney, I'd say, rack up 20 rebounds again. So there should be a lot of opportunities. Give me the over in Luka uh, for nine and a half at minus 118. That should be closer to minus 135, minus 140, in my opinion. I'm going to take the over. I like it. Um, I'll also go with the rebounding prop as my best bet. It's going to be in the Andrew Wiggins prop at over five and a half at minus 135 over on win bet um you know I, I highlighted that again if they do go with a small lineup or the death lineup um that should be a lot of rebounding opportunities for guys like draymond especially andrew wiggins and i highlighted going back to you know round two against the memphis grizzlies i think and i'm just kind of cherry picking here but if we kind of take out the 19 minutes in that blowout where where uh in game five the warriors got blown out we only played 19 minutes so we had one rebound but outside of that even Overall, four out of the six games, he did have uh, over at least six or more rebounds. Two games where he had double-digit rebounds. And then going back to round one against Denver, uh, where they deployed that death lineup, actually, he had at least six or more rebounds in four out of those five games. So I think that's going to continue here throughout the series, and especially in game one. So I think Andrew Wiggins, over five and a half rebounds, is going to be my best bet for game one of the Western Conference Finals player prop. Um, Scott, anything else you want to get off your chest here before we get it, uh, get out of here, my man? Not really. I feel like the one thing we have not talked about, I'm sure you did on the NBA gambling podcast today mm-hmm. was just the overall series and the prices for the Warriors and the Mavericks. Yeah. I'm still picking like? the Warriors to win the series. Okay. I just think that the experience and the depth is going to be a little bit too much for Dallas to overcome. Plus Golden State in game six following the 55-point deficit in the game they lost by 30-plus. Golden State looked the most dialed in I've seen them in about a year and a half. (laughs) They really just looked like they took all 48 minutes seriously. Mm -hmm. And we talk about teams having that gear. And I'm not sure if Dallas has the gear or Phoenix was just afraid of the moment. Could be a little bit of both. But I know Memphis was not afraid of the moment. They definitely gave Golden State their best shot. Yeah, Golden State, the way that they dominated the glass against Memphis, who was the number one rebounding team in the league in the regular season. Mm -hmm. I think Dallas might get torched on the glass in this series, which I think is going to be the deciding factor. So I do like Golden State, 
My question for you is, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite prop on the overall series? Because I mentioned yesterday my favorite prop on the Celtics series was the Celtics to lose game one and win the series at about plus 230, plus 235. Well, you could check off the first part because the Celtics lost game one. Mm-hmm. But now to look at the actual Western Conference series, I think I like Golden State to win game one and win the series. Okay. Because from what I've seen from the Mavericks and from Luka, he tends to be kind of from the same school that LeBron's from over the course of a seven-game series, where he is not afraid to, I don't want to say punt game one, mm-hmm. but he's not afraid to experiment in game one to see what works, what doesn't work, and then over the course of seven games, wear down the opposition. But for game one, I do like Golden State. I think they'll fare quite well at home. And if you want to look at overall prices for the actual uh, prop that I just mentioned, I'm trying to find the exact price on Golden State to uh, win game one and then win the series. Minus 125, I see. So minus 125, I do like. I just simply put, think that even though Dallas has a great story, I think that Golden State is just a better matchup for Dallas or a better matchup against Dallas, I should say, than Phoenix and Utah. Yeah. But I expect Dallas to get off to a slow start. They won one road game handily against Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget they got their ass kicked in the first three road games. Yeah. I think Golden State fares well at home tonight. I'll take them the minus 125 to win game one and win the series. Yeah. um, And I didn't mention this to you because I know we were talking about future tickets, but it's always uh, fun when you kind of go back in your account and see some pending wagers and you completely forgot you picked up a 12 to one ticket for the Warriors to win the title at the beginning of the season. So uh, that is also in my portfolio here for the uh, future. So um, I'm, I'm going with a little bit of hedge here. I do uh, honestly, I do like Golden State for the series, but I've been giving out Dallas on the uh, on the pods uh, that I've been on. But I would you, I actually, would you rather hedge now or wait till potentially after game? I would, one yeah, better price. Yeah, that was what I was gonna say. Is I probably wait till after game one when you know, Golden State does win this game here tonight. Do you um, like Golden State in game one? I do like Golden State in game one. Um, I think we kind of go back to the. The whole narrative of you know, and it's it's been on gambling Twitter, and, and um, it, it's been that the teams that have won Game Seven have you know kind of really came out flat in Game One, where it's I think it's up to like sixty five plus percent where they've uh, the opposing team has won on their home floor, um, or sorry the 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 opposing team that they're the home facing. team defends home court pretty well in Game One, yeah. And, and then the team that's coming off that game yeah. seven victory loses at, a, I think, like a 65% rate. But you get what I'm saying. So um, I, 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 I think that Dallas, if Dallas is able to steal one in San Francisco, I, I think they do have a shot because they have, again, we've seen this throughout the playoffs where they've been really good at home. And again, you know, we talked about Jason Kidd has made those adjustments when they've kind of gotten back on their home floor. And we saw that against Utah. We saw that against the Phoenix Suns. Now you mentioned, I don't know if Phoenix was, you know, scared of the moment or if it's a quad injury that we heard about with Chris Paul, whatever the case might be. Dallas is still here in the Western Conference Finals. They're here for a reason. So, and Luca is playing out of his mind. So Dallas um, just strikes me as a late bloomer team. We saw it with the Clippers with Ty Lue, for example, last year. Some teams like the Bubble Lakers Mm -hmm. seem to always punt game one. Yeah. They just always did. They would take notes on what the defense was doing. And then they would make adjustments. They would smack the crap out of them for the next couple of games. Now, I don't think that's going to happen in this series Mm -hmm. where Dallas is going to lose game one and suddenly flip a switch and win in five or six. But I do think that from what we saw in the first couple of games against Phoenix, 
I got to toss the Utah series out because Luka wasn't playing in the first couple games, so I can't really use that as an example. Mm -hmm. But they really got buried and then made all of the adjustments at home for game three and four. I think Golden State takes it to them in game one. I think Luka is going to be good tonight, not amazing. And I think he will make the mental adjustments and him and Jason Kidd will get Luka some insane stat lines as the series moves on. Yeah. But for game one, I do like Golden State. Yeah, I like Golden State in game one as well. It just makes me nervous with Dallas is that what John Moran was able to do before he got injured against that Golden State Warriors team. Luka is a completely different animal, right? I think offensively both agree that Luka is far better, superior, offensive skilled player than John Moran. And what John Moran was able to do dropping those 30-plus, 40-plus. I think he had a 47-point game in there as well, where Luca can have games where he, on a consistent basis, could come out and score 40 points a night. <laughs> I wouldn't yep. be surprised if he did that. But, again, it's going to be about what the role players do as well for the Dallas Mavericks. And I think at least in game one, um, we talked about the NBA pod this morning, that I think we do all like Golden State to lay the points. And like you just mentioned, um, you know, Jason Kidd and Luca. hey, okay, we lost game one. Let's make our adjustment. Let's go back and look at the tape where we make our adjustments and come back in game two, try to win. If not, we're back on our floor where we were really good against Phoenix um, in that round two, uh, round two series. So it's going to be a fun. I think Kirk is him a boost too. Just his yeah. presence on the sideline. Yeah, we mentioned that as well as how much of an upgrade is it by getting Steve Kerr back on the sideline versus having Mike Brown there? Because I know you and I, or at least, uh, we're not fans of, of Mike Brown. Um, um, and again, I think it's fitting that he's going to be the Sacramento Kings head coach. And now well, they you do. were you were half defending that move at the time. I, I thought it was ridiculous. I I mean, it's better than what they've had. Is it? I'm joking. If so. you have Luke Walton, like in Alvin yeah. Gentry. <laughs> Gentry failed upward. He's in the front office now. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I think they're still going to find a way to botch the number one or sorry, the number four overall pick in the, in the, in the, in the draft as well. So I'm, just, we'll imagine, I'm just imagining Mike Brown trying to tell De'Aaron Fox, try to play in the half court a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You can't slow the pace down with those young guys that they have out there. Um, Scott, that's going to do it, man, for the prop cast. Uh, let the people know where they can find you, my man. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio. Besides that, I've been doing a bunch of podcasts recently. Of course, did the NBA Gambling Podcast yesterday. Also going to be doing a fantasy football podcast with Terrell in about 20 minutes. So I'm looking forward to that. And besides that, keeping busy, looking forward to, well, meeting you in person next week because we're going to be in Vegas. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Looking forward to that. It's going to be a great time out there. Uh, with the uh, NBA Gambling Podcast, as well as uh, Sean and Ryan. So definitely looking forward to that as well. Um, find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Make sure to head over to the website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. A lot of great stuff happening, like Scott just mentioned. Fantasy football um, content, is, it's, it's starting to roll out. Before we know it, NFL season is going to be here. Uh, NHL playoffs, check out those guys on the Hockey Gambling Podcast, NBA, like we've mentioned. And we're going to be here throughout the podcast, um, not only for the NBA playoffs, but we got shows lined up. Up for uh, player props as we uh, uh, approach the NFL season. So look out for myself, Rod, and Dan on those uh, prop casts as well. With that being said, good luck with your bets tonight. We will be back uh, tomorrow for some NFL um, prop betting and then also on Friday with myself and Will for some more NBA prop betting. So uh, let's break these books off and let it ride. <laughs>